Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to episode one, where we will be discussing the first uh, film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Iron Man. My name is Donald Kylie. I am your intrepid uh, uh, spirit guide through this journey through the MCU, and joined with me every episode is the love of my life, Miss Jessie Hester. Jessie, how you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. You are a Marvel virgin. I am a Marvel. Well, not completely. Not completely. You have I, you've I seen one, Thor. but you remember almost nothing about it. <laughs> I just well, I remember the. You remember the Chris Hemsworth, right? Yeah. yeah, he's he's. I remember bits and pieces. When we rewatch it, I'll probably be like, oh yeah. Yeah, I remember sure, that. Sure, sure, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, but fantastic. Well, good. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're looking forward to hearing what you thought about uh, the first entry in this, uh, this behemoth juggernaut of cinematic uh, prowess. Is that uh, that work? Yeah, Adam's giving me a weird look. Speaking of Adam, joining Woo-hoo! us today is another Marvel virgin. Uh, uh, also semi-virgin. Semi-virgin, yeah, 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 you know, we, we don't want to get into that. We're just talking about films here. Uh, <laughs> one, of our, uh, one of our dear friends, one of our improv teammates, Mr. Adam Harris. Adam, how you doing? Woo! I'm doing well. I'm happy to be here, Donald. Adam, thank you for, for showing up. It's uh, how, when, when we asked you to do this, what, was, uh, what were your thoughts? Were you? Uh, I mean, my <laughs> first thought was I know nothing about sure. Marvel movies. And then you Which told me that's, yeah, that's kind of the that's point. That's what we're and looking I don't for. Either, yeah. So we can yeah. be and buddies then on I was this. excited because I love going into things not knowing anything about them. Sure. It's, you know, it's kind of fun. It's been a while since I've done the, actually, I shouldn't say that. I do it every now and then, but, but watching a movie that I've heard is good that I know literally nothing about the plot or, or what it is because it, it can surprise you quite a bit. So hopefully that's my preferred way of going into movies. Like I didn't know what the matrix yeah. was about when I watched oh, it. Oh really? Yeah. No kidding. That's, that's a heavy one. Oh, too. <laughs> I lived under a rock movie wise for a long well, time. And that, that movie, I, I just, whenever I think about the matrix, I think of my grandfather who, who was a big movie buff and went to see the matrix and, was like irate by how confused he was by it. He was he he just wanted something simple. I saw it at Red Rocks. Oh, my no kidding. first time wow. with the film on the rocks. Nice. My family and I used to go all the time. Kind of a and super, that's how I saw the Matrix, and it yeah. was really cool being like at sure. Red Rocks, big screen. Like yeah. there were certain parts that were like really intense, and like the wind would blow, and we'd be like oh. <laughs> and it was cool. Yeah. yeah. Kind of a, a superhero movie in its own right, yeah. The Matrix. But guys, we're not here to talk about The Matrix. No. No, I'm sorry. For we're here. No, yeah, no. Thanks, Damn it, Adam, Adam. Get out. No, you're fine. No, please stay. Um, so we're here to talk about Iron Man, guys. And before we start talking about the movie um, itself and picking that to pieces, I'm curious as people who are... I, I mean, Adam, do you have... I know, Jesse, you have not read comic books or probably seen... Any any comic uh, like cartoon like I watched like the X Men cartoon and the Spider Man cartoon. When I mean, I, was a I, kid. I do have a brother, so I was sure. probably forced to watch them at some point. At some but point. I probably wasn't paying super a lot of attention. Yeah. Um, and Adam, what about you? Did you have <clears throat> much experience with? Did you were you ever a comic fan or comic books or anything like that? Not really. I was never exposed yeah. to it. Sure. I, I think that the limit, you know, the extent was. I remember as a kid, I had this Spider-Man action figure and he had like a motorcycle that you could wind up and it would ride on its own, (laughs) but it would fall over right Right. away. Sure. But there was no like story attached to that. Yeah. I love how there are 
in the in the attempt to merchandise these things, they make toys that really have nothing to do with it. Like Spider Man, as far as I know, never had a spider cycle. No, but they no. but they <laughs> they needed one and and they, they sold them. Mm-hmm. So I wanna ask and I'll and I'll start with my with my own Iron Man journey. Um, where you guys, if the first time you had ever heard of Iron Man was like when this movie came out or when the movies first started getting popular, my personal Iron Man journey was, um, again, I never really read comic books as a kid. I, I'm sure I had some at some point, but but wasn't really a, a comic head. Most of my superhero stuff was, like I said, from cartoon shows and stuff like that. And Iron Man was uh, I knew who Iron Man was because he was in a video game uh, called Captain America and the Avengers. It was kind of like an arcade beat 'em up uh, kind of a uh, kind of video game where you you could pick between four different characters. Uh, Captain America, obviously, being one of them. Uh, Iron Man was another one. Um, there was the Wasp, I believe, and Hawkeye, who is is another one of the Avengers. So I knew who they were probably at age like seven, but I wouldn't say I was ever like a diehard Iron Man fan. I was probably a bigger fan of of the X Men and uh, and Spider Man because those were the ones that that were popular and were like the hot the hot properties. Um, Jesse, I'll like l- let me start with you. What, do you remember? Any time in your life before these movies, knowing what Iron Man was or having any clue? No, <clears throat> I don't think I did at all. Sure. Not and, until the movies came out. I remember right. the movies coming out, but I think I was always kind of like, oh, yeah. I'm not super into that. Sure. Um, you knew it was a thing. I from, knew it was a thing, sure. but it wasn't something that I was into. Yeah. So I was more like... Whatever. Like, whatever. I mean, yeah. if someone... Sure. If someone was like, hey, let's watch this, I wasn't like, oh, no, yeah, I'm not going to do that. You weren't that. actively like, and this And I is... might have watched more movies than I know I have, and I just might have forgotten. Maybe. You know, we'll I, find out again, as, we, I, as we roll along. Do you have a brother who might have been like, Jesse, let's watch this? Well, at the um, time, these movies, I mean, these like this movie came out in 2008, um, and it shows. Um, there's yeah. a lot of there's I a mean, lot I was in college, that, so probably my brother didn't make me watch yeah, it. Yeah, it wasn't at the point where he was pulling your pigtails and saying, you have to watch no. uh, this, this. No, uh, but I, you know. I've watched like Star Wars and James Bond with sure, him sure. and I enjoyed them and I enjoyed this too. Yeah. So I think it just takes someone making me right. watch hey, something that's, that's what I'm here to for, get guys. into. Um, Adam, what about you? Do you have any recollection of knowing who Iron Man was or what, or anything about the character before this movie came out? I don't think I did. Yeah. Um, all I remember, it's pretty, I'm pretty similar to, to Jesse on mm-hmm. this, that I had heard about this stuff and sure. you know, it wasn't quite, my thing, I wasn't going to go out sure. and, and do it. But I remember my friends took me to see uh, the the first Avengers movie. And okay. I liked it all right. Sure. And, but I didn't have any context for... It, and it's tough like, if you don't have... Yeah. And I think that yeah. we got to the theater late. And so that made oh, it God, even... Oh, God, that makes it even harder. <laughs> so it was like the whole movie, I you was like, have the build up Loki? And that's kind of an important oh, God, thing yeah. to know. Sure, sure. Um, and then I watched You'll Iron Man is, 3 Jesse. at Thanks. some point... Um, Oh, did oh, I just okay. spoil with no, 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 no that's fine. Into... I mean, I, I've heard that name, so yeah, yeah. sure, sure. Well, and then I saw um, Iron Man three at one point. I remember enjoying that quite a bit. I don't remember anything about it because sure. it was a while ago, but I remember yeah. I liked it. They all kind of bleed together, honestly. That's why I'm looking forward to going. I mean, I hadn't seen this movie in probably five years, maybe something like that. I knew the plot of it. I knew the the beats, so to speak, of it, but. But I wasn't, um, you know, I wasn't like, I wasn't, and I, I like these movies. I kind of like, I feel like the Marvel movies as a whole is is a good example of the the 
the sum is greater than its parts because there's some weak movies, there's some strong ones. All of them are, are, are relatively good, um, but, uh, but as a whole, I mean, they do just do a really good job of... I, I've heard it described as sort of like a, the biggest budget TV series that you've ever seen, and that's, that's very much how I kind of view it, as where each movie is kind of like an episode. Um, one of the reasons you guys might not have heard of Iron Man is that he was not one of the really tentpole Marvel characters. In fact, oh, okay. Marvel as a company, I'll give you guys a little history lesson here so to give you a little context. Marvel was a comic book company that, you know, was around for decades. And then around the late 80s, they ran into some finance. And, and don't, don't fact check me on this, uh, listeners, because uh, this, is, this is just a very broad overview of, of the history of this Marvel. This is some drunk history. This, uh, seriously, <laughs> tipsy history. Um, and uh, in the, I think the late 80s, they ran into some financial trouble. And so they started, they realized, well, we have all these characters and we can, you know, sell the rights to them off to, they would still make the comic books, but they could sell essentially the film rights or, or cartoon rights or video game rights, all that kind of stuff for these different characters. And at the time, the, the only ones that people really cared about was Spider-Man was like number one with a bullet. Spider-Man is arguably one of the, the most recognizable you know, superheroes in the world, um, probably up there with Batman and Superman and, and all that. Um, X-Men was uh, another big one um, because that had a whole cavalcade of characters. Wolverine is probably you know, the most recognizable one of the X-Men. And then another one that, oddly enough, that, I, that they keep trying to make, make uh, a franchise out of this, but is the Fantastic Four, oh, which yeah. um, <laughs> is uh, the team of, of guess, guess how many there are in there? There's four of them, guys. Four. Um, and there's uh, Mr. Fantastic, who's like a stretchy man. There's his wife. Uh, I think she's just Mrs. Fantastic. Um, um, who's like can turn invisible and create force fields. There was the human torch who could who could turn his body on fire and fly through the air. And then there was the thing who was just a dude who was just like a rock man made of rock and he was super strong and, and indestructible and all that stuff. Um, so those those three properties, Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, and X-Men, were the ones that really got most of the attention and and the ones that were worth, you know, the most. I think I, I actually just read something in in the last week or so that said that Sony, um, which is the the film studio that made the Spider-Man movies had the option to, option to buy all of the Marvel, the, the whole catalog of characters for like $20 million or something like that. And Spider-Man itself was worth like half of that. Like, like oh, wow. just Spider-Man was worth like $8 million and everything else was, you know, so... And like, I don't know, dozens, if not hundreds of, of other characters, but Spider-Man was the one that, that was like the golden goose... Um, so they bought. So Sony just bought the rights to Spider-Man, and that's why we have now the the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies, and and those did fairly well. And so around the time, and and honestly, the fact that the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies did well was was sort of uh, an impetus for Iron Man coming out because superhero movies were starting to get hot. There were a bunch of X-Men movies as well that did fairly well, and so Marvel realized that they had, you know, all this this stock cavalcade of characters that people didn't really know about, but that still had interesting stories to tell, and so Iron Man was... Um, I don't know why they chose Iron Man as the first one. I think historically he was sort of the leader of the event. Actually, I think Captain America... We don't have to... doesn't matter. <laughs> um, why they chose Iron Man, I don't have that information, but um, but hey, he was the, the first one that they did. Um, little some, some fun facts about this movie. Um, as I said, came out in 2008. Um, directed by Jon Favreau, 
who is uh, probably best known, um, I don't know, nowadays he's more known as a director, but I think when this movie came out, he was more known as an actor. He was in, um, God, I'm t- like Swingers was like the big indie movie that he was in. I'm trying to think of other, if you guys can think of any other John Favreau performances off the top of your head, maybe not. I don't know about performances, yeah. but I do know that he was, at that point, mm-hmm. mostly well-known for comedies, directing them. Oh, I absolutely, mean. yeah. And so yeah. this was somewhat was, of a, a an odd Move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, absolutely, yeah. Um, his probably best known movie before directing this was Elf, the uh, the Will Ferrell um, Christmas. Another movie. superhero. Good another play. another superhero in in a lot of ways. <laughs> Does wear tights, um, like like all the superheroes do. Um, so yeah, it's interesting that they gave him the reins to this big tentpole uh, action movie. He also directed a movie called Zathura, which was sort of a. Um, oh, I remember that movie. Do you? Um, I'm trying to. I'm trying to tell Jesse to get the mic closer to her mouth. Yeah, I remember um, that movie. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, it looked like I was making a fellatio um, uh, gesture, but that's not what I was doing. I was telling you to get closer to the microphone. He was. Yeah. Um, they wouldn't have known that. No, but but hey, you know now what? Now they do. We're drawing the curtain, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, and so uh, doing a little research, I found out John Favreau actually a movie that he did act in was um, Daredevil, which was another um, Marvel action movie starring Ben Affleck as Daredevil. And John Favreau acted in that movie as Daredevil's kind of his like best friend, his his uh, his buddy who who, you know, he has to keep, he can't let his best friend know that he's the daredevil. And I think in making that movie, he met with Marvel executives, kind of buddied up with them, you know, had a good rapport with them. And so when it came time to make this movie, they knew that he had had a few movies under his belt. And they, uh, Elf, I know, got good reviews. And Zathura, which was like a spiritual sequel to uh, Jumanji. Mm. Um, I That's actually a movie that I've been meaning to see for a long time. And now that I'm talking about it, I'll probably have to dig it up somewhere and, and find it. So, uh, but yeah, it is interesting that they didn't give it to, you know, Michael Bay or some other, you know, person known for, for directing these big, um, flashy, flashy action movies. But, but I think it, it worked out, obviously. Um, how much do you guys think this movie cost to make? Let's, let's get some, uh, some guesstimates. What would you, Adam, we'll start with you since you're our guest. Okay. Um, so it's 2000. <laughs> no, no pressure. 2008. 2008. So <laughs> it was time. right around the financial crisis. So that's true. Um, <laughs> Good point. You know, yeah. I, I mean, and you know, for all, the belts. for all we know, you know, uh, you know, an irresponsible amount of spending on this led directly <laughs> to the crash. So I'm, we I'm, might be cracking uh, a real financial. Uh, I think this uh, is the story. real big short here. <laughs> um, I'm going to say because it was the first one. I mean, there were, there were definitely special effects and it yeah. was, it was good. Sure. Um, I don't know. I'm going to say $15 million. 15? Yeah. Okay. Is that, is that like, that's incredibly crazy low. No, that's incredibly <gasps> oh. low. Okay. Um, um, I'm going to say 50. Um, I'm going to let you both go again because you're both (laughs) way off and way low. 200 million. You're closer, but that's too much. So split the difference. 100 100 million. 
20. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm not going to make you guys uh, uh, just say random numbers. Um, this movie costs $140 million uh, to wow. make. And worldwide, um, it grossed uh, $585 million. So that's a profit of, uh, you know, all this creative accounting that Hollywood does. I don't know how much it actually, you know, made at the end of the day, but you know, we can say, nor I think they normally say that if a movie, if a movie makes double its budget, then that, then it's considered profitable. Um, and so this, this made double its budget and then some, so, so yeah, it was a hit. Um, it has a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Do you have any opinion about, uh, Rotten Tomatoes review system? Some people, uh, are anti Rotten Tomatoes, Adam. Um, I, I'm somewhat agnostic about it. I mean, sure. I, my preference tends to be, like I said, going into movies not really knowing what it's about, sure. even what people's opinions are oh, on no it. Kidding. Because, sure. I've, yeah, I've often found okay. that there are movies that are widely considered to be quite bad that I right. enjoy a lot. <laughs> and so I... Do you I've, have an example off the top of your head? You don't have to. If not, I'm just curious what you... You know what? In the... In the superhero yeah. vein, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Superman versus Batman, I uh, oh really? I quite liked. Yeah, I w I was uh, to, to to steal a word from you. I was kind of agnostic about it. I didn't hate uh -huh. it, but I didn't love it. Um, I felt like you know, and and we can we don't have to delve too deep into that. But you know, DC, the other big mm -hmm. big comic book company, you know, they saw how you know, just how much Marvel was killing it with these movies and they wanted a piece of that pie. And I felt like they kind of, cause Marvel spent, you know, 10 years, uh, you know, at this point, um, you know, really cultivating these characters and, and, and DC, it felt like they just, they just tried to rush it through the door a little quickly for my taste. And oh, okay. they felt, I don't know. They always feel a little self-serious to me. I like the Marvel movies because it kind of has one foot in reality, but it also is kind of self-aware enough to be like, look, we, we know that this is fucking ridiculous what we're doing uh -huh. here. Like, we, we know that this is uh, silly action stuff, but there still is a lot of heart and a lot of, um, you know, there's there's kind of uh, deeper themes if you if you give it a, a little bit of a closer look. Um, blah, 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 blah. I oh, feel the same way about Rotten Tomatoes. Thanks for asking for my opinion. No, I was waiting. I was about to go to you. Jeez. Uh, I um, was kidding. Well, some people, I'm the, thank you for, for reminding me because I lost my train of thought about Rotten Tomatoes. I feel like that's going to happen a lot. We're going to be branching off into a lot of conversations. But I, some people seem to dislike Rotten Tomatoes because, you know, they feel like it's, it's just a percentage, and 50% means that half the people liked it and half the people didn't. So therefore, you know, who are you to say that this is a bad movie because it's 50% and blah, blah, blah. But I, for, for me personally, I mean, it, it normally lines up fairly, fairly accurately with my opinion about movies. Um, I'm sure that there are some along the line. I can't think of any examples off the top of my head that... That I might have dis that that might have been actually if anything it's movies that probably get higher percentages that I didn't like mm -hmm. than um, like recent like just last year um, I don't did you see uh, Roma at all the um, Netflix um, uh, period black and white period piece it was nominated for best picture last year it's I okay heard about it was nominated for a lot of um, Oscars and I heard that it was. Yeah. I heard it was very good, but yes. I'm, I'm thinking that you're and about I to was, say... I was, you know, I didn't dislike it. I could appreciate it for, for its sort of artistic value, but I was just kind of bored by it. I, I was not a, a huge fan of it um, overall, so... I Jessie, agree, yeah. yeah. I didn't feel that the characters were, like, superly developed. Um, 
and um, mm-hmm. like the black and white was cool. There were some moments where I was affected, but I yeah. didn't feel it was a visually. I pretty didn't feel movie, like I was thinking about it a lot. But when it was um, over. but yeah, I, it was. You know, sometimes movies come along that get like you know these glowing reviews, and then you watch it, and you're like. Am I missing something or or maybe and, and sometimes I think when a movie is overhyped it can make you kind of be like expecting it to to blow your mind yeah. and when it doesn't That's why I don't like to read I'm, yeah. sure. I'm like Adam I don't like to cuz then I tend to get an opinion of or if I have friends who are like, oh, that movie was great, or oh, that movie was bad, I tend to go into it thinking it's either really great or it's going to be really bad. Yeah. I just had to look this up because <laughs> sure. um, I had a feeling like it didn't get a great score, and mm-hmm. I was right about that. There's a movie that I absolutely loved I saw <laughs> yeah. recently called Izzy Gets the Fuck Across Town. I don't know I've if heard you've of heard it, of but I have that. not seen it. It's no, got a 56%. Huh. Um, and so, you know, I see the little uh, yeah. green splat, you sure. know, indicating it's bad. But, you sure. know, like you said, yeah. half of the pe- half the critics yeah. liked it. It, sure. Why does that make it bad? But right. it's actually, uh, I thought it was a fantastic movie. Yeah, yeah. And in a lot of ways, sometimes the movies that have those sort of middle of the road scores can be more interesting because they are the ones that I think, if everyone isn't saying that it's awesome, then that there's more of a dialogue with it about what what you liked about it and not. And I think I am guilty of, like when the newest um, Star Wars movie came out, which was the young Han Solo um, adventures, um, I probably would have seen it in the theater, but it got a kind of a, it didn't get a horrible score. It had like a 75% and there was some backlash about it. People didn't like the actor, I think, who played young Han Solo and, and any Star Wars movie people are going to bitch and moan about. Um, but it did kind of dissuade me from, from going to say, if I was on the fence about it, that was enough for me to be like, nah, I'll just see it whenever it comes out on, on Netflix or whatever. And then it did come out on Netflix, you know, maybe maybe three or four months ago and I watched it and I liked it. So I was like, huh, well, I guess I should, I should, I should have a, a broader mind, uh, about, um, about all these things. I think for me, it definitely makes me, it, like Jesse was saying, you're more likely to enjoy something if you're not, you know, already predisposed to think yeah. that other people didn't like it. So it's sure. bad. Um, for me, mm-hmm. I used to be so particular about yeah. choosing which movies I watched. Like if I was at home one night and I mm-hmm. felt like checking out a movie and I would, be a little obsessive about seeing, you know, what its score was and what the plot synopsis was and if right. it looked good. And the more that I just let go of that and mm. just said, I'm going to look at like the first couple words of the plot synopsis. Right. And if it sounds cool, I'm going to go with it sure. and not look up what people think of it. Yeah. Um, it's just for me that mm-hmm. that made it more fun to watch movies. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And I think I, I did not see this first, uh, this first Iron Man movie uh, in the theaters. Cause I kind of thought that it was going to be dumb myself, even mm-hmm. as someone who, who kind of likes the comic book culture and stuff like that. I was just kind of was, was a little, I, I don't, remember what my thought process was but I, and I think there that was kind of a sentiment that people didn't expect this to to be as successful as it was and uh and and I was on board after I you know once it came out on DVD or whatever it was at that time um I I was like oh this is this is good I don't know what I was thinking learning about that now it's mm-hmm. kind of surprising because of how big it's become sure. and how sure. just the whole franchise mm-hmm. um to learn now oh it was a it was a crapshoot back then yeah it they mm. they didn't necessarily know what um what they were what they were doing and um and yeah it, it very well could have blown up in their faces and been a complete catastrophe but hey it, it worked out and and now it's hard to imagine a world where people don't know who iron man is or don't know who thor is or don't know who captain america is and all this because they've all become very, uh, you know, household names essentially now because of the popularity of these movies. Um, speaking of the movies, guys, 
Are you ready to jump in? Let's do it. Absolutely. Yay, sweet. So um, we open, uh, it's sort of a cold open is what I would describe it as because there's, uh, you know, we just kind of jump right into the action. And right off the bat, we're, uh, again, going back to 2008, um, this was, I, I wrote so 2008 uh, several times <laughs> in, in, in my notes. And um, just seeing the words uh, Afghanistan on the screen, I was like, yep, that's, uh, that's, that was the... Yeah, uh, I wrote Afghanistan 2008. <laughs> you nailed it. Um, yeah, I... It's kind of eye roll inducing a little bit, I feel like, because because, you know, it was sort of like in the 80s, all the bad guys were the Russians. And then, you know, in the 90s, I think it sort of moved more towards uh, terrorism stuff. And then after 9-11, you know, it was all this, you know, Afghanistan stuff. So but luckily, it never really veers into uh, a lot of um, terrorism talk. It's, you know, we. Yeah, I wondered that when it opened. I was like, oh, did you think that they were like the Taliban? Or, I was or, wondering if it was going to go there, but I was like, yeah. it's a superhero movie. I don't think they're going to go into that. Yeah, yeah um, I wasn't sure how much like social commentary there sure. would be on that type Which of thing. Which there really isn't. And and they ne- I don't know if they ever really say it flat out in the movie, but they are not the Taliban. They are actually a sort of uh, evil faction that are in the comic, book, uh, comic books um, called the Ten Rings. Um, which is, you know, in, in I, it, it's led by one of the the super villains who actually doesn't even show up in this movie. Um, but uh, but yeah, but they they don't go out of their way to say you know that specifically that it's not um, the Taliban uh, because you know it's it's an easy catch all kind of villain you know for the for for the two thousands and probably even going up to 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 now um, really. Uh, actually, now the villains are our own government. How about that, guys? Whoa, We're blowing your mind. My yeah. Blown. 2008, Obama was in office. God, what a, what a, what a simpler time, guys. Um, so speaking great. of yeah. it being 2008, I wrote one of his first lines. He said, good God, you are a woman. You have excellent bone structure. Oh, right. And to I one of the lady, lady soldiers. Like, uh, just to be like, would that fly now? Just because of all good the, point. you know, I've been listening yeah. to a lot of, this is a, a little shout out to the podcast I've been listening to. Um, uh, speaking of Carrie oh, the and Sex in the City podcast, uh, Bradshaw Boys and Gilmore Guys, they've been they watch Gilmore Girls and Sex in the City, and they talk about since those shows were you know in the nineties and early two oh, yeah. thousands, there's some problematic they jokes talk about in Gilmore stuff, Girls, you know, feminism stuff that wouldn't fly today. So oh, since yeah. I've been hearing those podcasts so much, that first line, I was like, right. would that fly today? <laughs> what would people think about this? Yeah. Is that like is that something you guys even caught and thought about? Because that was like right away. I was like, just because I think I've been thinking that listening to these other sure, podcasts. Sure. Yeah, I, like, I, I definitely that noticed that as well. Like it, it felt a little <laughs> bit overly sexist. The kind of jokes. I mean, a he was bit, like, yeah. he. I mean, through the whole beginning, you kind of like the moment there was a stripper pole. I wrote shocker stripper pole when they right. were in the. In the, airplane. Plane, in the airplane, oh, right. and yeah, the we'll get stripper pole came up. I wrote, "Oh, shocker!" And like, at just one point, things. there was a pretty crude gay joke later on. Um, um, you'll have to remind yeah, oh, me when we, when we get that. to. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I wrote it down. So, yeah. so, so yeah, so we're in the um, where we start off in the cold open. This is after uh, we'll we'll get to it later, but this is after Tony has has shown his uh, amazing super super missile or whatever the fuck it was, uh, the Jericho missile, as mm. they called it. Um, wasn't Jericho the city in the Bible that like gets uh, that gets? Oh God, I can't remember. Oh, there's a Don't song about me. it. Um, what? There's Do you a remember? song about it? It's a great song. Yeah, I think I've heard that I song. I don't know this song. I'll, I'll, we'll have to look we this up. We'll have to look it up. Then. We'll get it. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll, 
cut some of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I was just thinking of it as if they were trying to make some uh, allusion to some, you know, ancient city that was raised by, you know, warfare or whatever. But I think that's right, yeah. Um, yeah, well, well, regardless. So, so yeah, so right off the bat, I mean, we are meeting the hero of the story, Mr. Tony Stark. So let's, um, l- let's just dive right into uh, what your guys' first impressions were of the character and Robert Downey Jr.'s performance, which I really love personally. I think that... He, you know, he has to carry this movie on his back and, and he does it with, I don't know if, if you would necessarily describe the character as charming. He's a little smarmy, but he's never like a douchebag. He's never like a complete asshole to these people. Like, like the one soldier asks him, um, if he can get a picture and he's, you know, at first he's like, no, no, of course not. And he's like, I'm just kidding. Come over here, buddy. Yeah, we'll get it. And then another 2008 thing, uh, he says, don't put this on your MySpace page, which uh, oh, <laughs> oh, I, I missed that. I missed that yeah, too. Uh, yeah. I was like, Tony, oh, I got some bad news, buddy. RIP um, MySpace. Yeah. That, that is not going to age well. Um, that is not going to oh, be. Oh, I'm sure kids today will be like, what's a MySpace? Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Um, but, but, but Jesse, let's start with you since, since you're the, the resident lady. Um, what, um, what what did you think of like just in those first few scenes when when you first meet him? Um, I thought in the beginning. Um, I mean, I of course he's attractive. Sure. Um, but I found is him, he? I, I was curious. I, I was do. Gonna, I, I was do going think to ask you that if you think that he's, he's a handsome attractive. man. He's, okay. he's definitely a handsome sure. man. Sure. I'll second that. I, I, I will third it. I uh, I am um, secure enough to say that. Yeah, he's. Um, what about the beard? Uh, did Did you like the fascia? Because you're very particular about uh, about facial I don't facial like hair. it too. Much, it's, it's but cropped, I like. I but like, it's very the the design is very no, kind of saying. angular and like spikes and uh, a funny thing is when he's in the cave. We did they say how long he's in the? I think he's in the cave for a, for a few months, few months. there. Yeah. Yeah. It was like three months. And his his beard always looks amazing. amazing. Like he's never he never has like it never grows he into like. Jewels, the, <laughs> there are a lot of doing movies. Something. He was doing something with his beard. There are he, a lot of movies where that happens. Where yeah. they're in a. <laughs> situation where they wouldn't be able to shave or if they would they'd be like yeah. using like a large like right. knife or stone or, or something like in like walking dead like are they th- having access to showers they all their hair looks amazing if sure. i don't wash my hair for a few days That's true. it looks terrible yeah. i would not look that great right. i mean obviously these people have makeup yeah. artists i'm thinking that when while he was disassembling those um those missiles to he make his probably uh, he, yeah he he he, he fashioned a himself a little man. razor he's a, he's he's a modern day da vinci if you guys remember that line that was another one that i wrote down when they're I uh, did in the beginning think he was a little like kind of like a playboy sure. kind of like which is which is intentional yeah and, sure you know all these women but he was still charming he yeah. wasn't again like you said he didn't seem like a douchebag and of course yeah. you know He's going to change. Obviously, sure. he's going to be right. a superhero, so he's not going to be that guy yeah. um, always. So sure. I did, just in the beginning, I was like, oh, okay. Like, I did write, he's in a suit, tie, nice outfit. <laughs> um, so I was commenting. I was commenting on. He is always dressed to the nines. He's always got there very. There was those uh, red glasses he was wearing in I was going to ask about the, wrote, what you guys like thought the about the glasses, glasses as well. I liked them a lot. Yeah. Um. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I felt yeah, about from him the, in the beginning. So I mean, Adam, obviously my feelings changed throughout the movie. Sure, but I don't sure. Talk as about they that. should, as they should. So Adam, what about you? <clears throat> what, what was your, uh, first impression? Did you like Robert Downey Jr.'s performance? Did you like, um, you know, what were your, your first impressions of the character? Well, yeah, I, I liked it very much. I think he's a great comedic actor. I mean, I, yeah. I get really drawn into the, the mm. joke side of it sure. and, and, Me too. you know, s- some of them are, are really funny and, yeah. and, um, 
uh, like Jesse, um, knowing that uh, he was going to have this change where he was going to become Iron Man mm. and uh, presumably gain certain responsibilities, sure. a new perspective, it allowed me to give him a little bit of permission to be kind of a jerk at the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then that's that's sort of the... And I think that's how he was raised, you know, he's... Yeah, know, because, and then we'll, and so we'll, uh, well, let's, before we before we jump ahead to where we get the, uh, the info dump about his past, about him, you know, about his dad dying and him taking over the company... Um, we go from uh, from him, you know, yucking it up with uh, with our boys in blue, or, or maybe not boys in green. I don't know what we what the uh, colloquial term for soldiers are. <laughs> I was trying to men He's, in uniform. Our men in uniform. Uh, they get attacked, and um, you know, shit goes down. Everybody. Oh shit! You that did. Blew up. Oh damn! They, they got attacked. He's able to escape and get out, and um, he he crawls behind a rock, and a bomb lands literally like five feet from him and amazingly explodes. And the only part of him that gets hurt is his chest is, is where the shrapnel uh, uh, flies. And that was a little nitpick thing for me where it was, he's literally with, he's within distance of the bomb that he can literally see that it says Stark Industries on the yeah. side of it. But when it explodes, it, it, it's very, it's very directional shrapnel. <laughs> that was in it. the, the Stark Industries on uh, the missile is what caught my attention the most, mm. and because I don't believe yeah. at that point mm. we knew yeah. what he did. Yeah. Um, oh, that's true. Good point, Adam. Yeah, and so I thank you um, for that because I, I didn't even that. think of that because I didn't I was... know why he was there. Yeah. I didn't either. Um, I was like, "What's oh, happening? Why see, are we? Someone... Why are we? Why are we in Afghanistan?" Right. Good yeah. point. I was like, Good "Is point. this going to be a, a?" And I was like, "This is a superhero yeah. movie again." Going back to the 2008 yeah. thing, I was like, "Is this going to be a, a thing about you know?" The war on terror. Is oh, sure. it going to go there? That, see, and this is and why. And then I'm, it didn't. I mean, I knew it wasn't going to because I was like, "This is this is Iron Man." Yeah. I've seen previews for this. Right. This is not what this is about. This is why I'm glad that you but guys. I didn't are, know what was happening until then. They went to Vegas, yeah. and then we got the backstory. Right, where on we him, have the, the like, quick little flashback. This is why he's here because yeah. of. Because to me, it wouldn't it wouldn't even register for me to to not know why he was there. Because again, I've I've already seen the movie, and I already know that the character is a weapons. Uh, you know, owns a weapon developing company and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's it's fun that you guys were like, huh? He's just a businessman. He he might have been selling drugs. Yeah, I didn't, or know, why. I didn't been... know why he was there. Like yeah. when he was in the car and said yeah. the good bone structure thing. Or like, he could have been a general. He or he yeah. could have been yeah, yeah. Well, so I knew a little yeah. more than that because, mm. like I said, I had seen Iron Man three and I right. had heard about it over the years. And sure. so what I knew going into it was yeah. that he was some sort of. Tech mogul sorts, um, right? And but I had no idea that he was involved in weapons manufacturing, and then and right away that that was the thing more than his personality. That like right away made me go like, oh, I'm not sure I like this guy so much. Right, which is why later on I'm sure we'll talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We really have a big turn. Right, absolutely. Yeah, and the fact that yeah that it says Stark Industries on that on that missile that falls next to him that I again I that's that's why this is a fun uh, little exercise (laughs) that we're doing. First discover him, I wrote down I don't know who said this, but it says protecting America and around the world. When they like introduced him or when he was talking about the the missiles and stuff, he he says protecting America and around the world. Yeah. And I was like 
interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, well, it is. I kind of. I'm sure. What are the big like uh, Lockheed Martin or Halliburton? I think yeah. are, are sort yeah. of the 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 real world equivalent of what he probably is. And and these companies, you know, that that you know purport to uh, you know be keeping the peace are actually you know making these things that have killed you know millions upon millions of people. Imagine um, Dick Cheney becoming a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I want a remake of this movie where it's Dick Cheney. Yeah, I want, I want Dick Cheney to get <laughs> captured by terrorists, and but then for the movie to end like ten minutes in. Right? Yeah, yeah. He gets a heart attack, and he's just yeah. <laughs> oh because he gosh. doesn't he doesn't have the the glowy chest piece. <laughs> right. Um, all right. So hilarious. so that goes down that cold open. So yeah, you're you're right. As people who have not, had not seen the movie, you were probably. Um, being like, what the heck? Because I think it explodes, and then do they go to the cave, um, or do they, or does it just go to black after it? They show. I a, think they show him getting captured by the insurgents or whatever you want to call yeah. them, and they show a brief clip of yes. him on camera with yes. the terrorists holding guns to his another head. 2008 thing. Terrorists with with the shitty uh, camcorder footage was another thing right. that, that, yeah. that made me uh, think of of uh, 2008. So so yeah, cool. Um, so then we flash back maybe a, a day or two and we're at some, you know, fancy gala where we get to meet um, a few more of the characters in the movie. And we get that, like, like I said, that info dump about Tony Stark where we hear, you know, oh, his father was, you know, a, a genius weapons manufacturer. And then, you know, his son came along and died when he was probably in his teens. Um, they don't say how he dies. Spo- um, no spoilers, but that that, that is something that that, uh, that I didn't even pops think about that. The, I didn't either. Movies. I'm curious. I was just like, now. oh, he died. Ooh, yeah. I didn't think that they would go. Yeah, yeah. Into that. Uh, again, I don't want to uh, to 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 tip my hand or or tip the movie's hand uh, about it, but that um that is a, a major uh, plot point in in one of the later movies. Um, the 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 fate of of Tony Stark's parents. Um, and uh, yeah. So and again, we meet. Uh, we meet his best friend, who is James Rhodes, um, who is played by Terrence Howard. Um, what did you guys think? He doesn't get a lot to do in the movie, honestly. But but did you have any opinions on that character at all? N- not necessarily just in this scene, but in the movie in general. Um, the uh, the I, I guess he was a colonel or whatever he was in the army. I liked him. Yeah, I thought he was. Interesting fact about um, about this movie is. When when they were casting this movie, Robert Downey Jr. had kind of a, a a checkered past. We'll say he, um, you know, he was famous in the '80s. He was kind of part of the brat pack. I want to say he yeah. was in um, he was in Weird Science and he was in uh, Less Than Zero and a bunch of teen sort of movies from the '80s. And then in the '90s, his career kind of dipped because he, you know, he got in trouble for drugs and he went to jail and he had all these, you know, very public you know, flame outs that, that really made him a liability. Um, even though he was considered a good, he was nominated for best actor for, um, a biopic about Charlie Chaplin, where he played Charlie, which is actually a really great movie. I saw it, I saw it years ago, but, um, really liked it. And he was, you know, probably in his mid twenties or whatever when he played that. And, um, so it was, it was no, uh, it was no debate that he had talent, but he just had, he just had a lot of, mostly with drugs, I believe. And I think, I know he went to jail. I don't think it was for a, a super extended period of time, but maybe, you know, 18 months or something like that. So he, you know, he, he had had, uh, his, his fair share of personal ups and downs. And so when this movie came out, 
they the the studio did not want him they they thought that he was you know that he was washed up that he was not you know worth it or whatever and John Favreau really fought to have him cast in the movie because he said, you know, Tony Stark is is someone who starts out as a playboy, much like Robert Downey Jr. Right. was in his early life, mm. and then had had the you know the lowest lows and the highest highs and all that kind of stuff. So so he really fought because he I, I think that he just liked you know Robert Downey Jr. And, and saw that he had the talent and and you know said hey he he can bring some of his real life experience to this character. So um, here's here's another uh, question, which is kind of mind blowing. How much do you think Robert Downey Jr. was paid uh, to play this? Oh um, Adam, you can go first. It's, All right, yeah. Um, considering what I, I would assume for like the the most recent well, the most recent uh, Marvel movie as of this recording is Endgame, the uh, the tw- I think twentieth or maybe twenty first um, movie in the series. He probably got paid. Twenty million dollars, if not, maybe there's so many people in that movie that maybe not, but he's he's fetching you know double digit millions of dollars per per one of these movies these days. What do you think he got paid for Iron Man, the first one before there was any notion that this that this series was was worth anything? Yeah, so the whole thing was 140 million, right? Yeah, so. Yeah, out of that. <laughs> Again, I won't make you guys think so. I'll, I'll tell you this much. It's low. Yeah, it's, I for, mean. For how much this movie made and how much the movies make now, it's, to, when I saw how much he made, my jaw dropped. Like, I, I'm sure I'm going to be surprised too, especially yeah, considering sure. how much certain mm. actors on television get paid for each oh, episode. Oh, for each episode. Like, yeah. Yeah. Isn't oh, it yeah. something crazy like Charlie Sheen was getting like $10 million an episode Not or something? Not an episode, for, but I mean, I think a, at least a maybe million, million an episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think the highest person to ever get paid... Um, I think Hugh Laurie, who was House, when House MD, the doctor show... Um, was because uh, I remember reading some fact about the highest paid actors, and he was getting paid like 1.4 million an episode, and there were 22 episodes in a season. That's crazy. So he was making you know probably 30 million dollars you know uh, a season doing this. I'm gonna say that uh, Robert Downey Jr. made four million dollars. Okay, Jesse, what do you think? I'm gonna say a million. Jesse is closer. He made half a million dollars for I this movie. I was going to guess wow. that, but I thought it was going to be too low. dollars for a franchise that has gone on to make billions That's of amazing. dollars. It's, it's incredible. And why I brought this up is that uh, Terrence Howard, who plays his best friend Rhodes, um, at the time that this movie came out, he was kind of a hot actor. He had um, his biggest movie. I think that people know these days was Hustle and Flow, yeah. which was a. Uh, have you seen that, Jesse? I never saw it. I've heard of it. Yeah, but, but you know what I'm talking it, yeah. about. He was kind of a. He was kind of a hot property at the time, and I believe. And again, people, if you want to fact check me to death, feel free because I have not. I have not done my due diligence on this. But he got paid like like four million dollars for this movie. Wow, which is kind of mind blowing when you think he's not the, not lead the lead actor. He's got maybe a quarter of the screen time that Robert Downey Jr. does. But I, he, and you know, God, Terrence Howard is, I don't want to talk shit uh, because, because that's not what we're here to do, guys. We're here to talk things. I dislike uh, Terrence Howard um, as, as a human being uh, from interviews that I've seen with him. And he, well, because a fun, another, not fun fact, but another fact is that he was, he played uh, James Rhodes. Um, Tony Stark's best friend in this movie and was recast uh, by Don Cheadle. Um, do you guys, you guys know who Don Cheadle is? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. uh, he was recast with Don Cheadle for, for the second movie and for all subsequent movies that that character, uh, and he's in many more of the movies. 
Um, oh, mainly because okay. Terrence Howard was just a pain in the ass and kind of, he's kind of an egomaniac and he, I, I, I won't get in onto it on here, but he, yeah, I don't know. He just rubs me the wrong way when I've seen him in interviews and, and read, you know, print interviews and stuff like that. With and him. Cheadle playing it, it's almost, you know, kismet that mm-hmm. he got recast because yeah. Cheadle's version of Rhodes yeah. has quite the personality oh, and absolutely. I didn't get much of a personality yeah, from this really. Rhodes. And you can I'll I'll I'll, get, I'll cut him a little slack where this is the first movie they're still figuring out what yeah. the character is whatever. But but yeah, like I said, we we first meet Rhodes and he's basically just, you know, the long-suffering buddy who, you know, Tony Stark is his, you know, they obviously know each other because he's in the military and Tony is a, a weapons manufacturer. Right. And he was kind of standard issue military guy was yeah. his personality. Right, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, there's not a lot. There's the part where they go on the, the plane ride when they have the disco plane, um, the nightclub plane, <laughs> um, where where he's kind of like, Tony, you're making me wait. Why are you making me wait, man? And then they cut to him, you know, like them having fun on the plane together. So it, he wasn't completely stiff, but yeah, he, he doesn't have a lot to do in this no. movie. Jesse, did you have any thoughts on on him just in general, or, or are you just in agreement with No, I mean, with I think <laughs> he was just, like, standard military. Do you think Terrence Howard, it's all right, even though that I don't like him, do you think he is handsome? Not that it matters, but uh, I'm curious. <laughs> You're thinking a lot. I'm thinking that's a 50% on the Rotten Tomatoes of Terrence Howard. He's not bad-looking, yeah, but sure. he's not, like... A man, I would go. Oh my yeah, god! You know, sure. he's not Donald Kylie, but of course not. Um, I mean, I think Robert Downey Jr. is very attractive. Sure. Well, um, and the fact that Tony has, and I think he, more I think it was also, yeah, I think it's yeah. his uh, his personality, which yeah. is, you know, it's not Kinda just bland. about your looks; it is about their personality. Yeah, sure. Even though in the beginning, I was like, wow, you know, Tony Stark's kind of a playboy. I was still yeah. kind of like. He's the bad like boy. Him. You can't resist him. We, and love, we love the bad boys. And speaking of not being able to resist him, uh, moving on, um, he immediately after the gala uh, meets the the sexy uh, reporter lady who, who I'm gives, popular. Who, oh, is she unpopular? I wrote that down. Well, I wrote before, the girl before we get to that, oh, yeah, yeah, I just want to say something about yeah, yeah. that. The gala, um, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I saw. First of all, I was like, "Is that Jeff?" Bridges, like oh, is that's right. That oh, that's right. I, I forgot we we get introduced to to him as well. What were you going to say about him? Yeah. Well, so I saw him, and the way that they had made his character look, mm. I gotta say, <laughs> what I wrote down was, "Who's the dude who took over for Tony's dad?" Comma, is oh, he right. evil? <laughs> I was going to ask that if you guys got any vibes before the twist. I got a an evil vibe from him right away. <laughs> I was just excited it was Jeff Bridges, sure. and I was kind of bummed that he was. I mean, it was it was a good role for him, but I was like, oh man. I I remember yeah. writing later. I was like, I'm mad that he's bad. Did you? Because oh, so I you, love him. But did you see? Were you or were you because it's lovable Jeff Bridges? Were you not even thinking that he might I be? I wasn't thinking about it. I was, and I was also like. He looks a lot like my dad. He does. I mean, not with, with the, I mean, my dad has more hair than him in right. this movie, but I was like, dad. I kind of want to like doctor a photo of your dad and make him because Jesse's dad is is not completely bald, but but he has bald-ish. a bald spot. Sorry, dad, um, that we're sorry, talking sorry, about this. Sorry, Mr. Heaster. Sorry, Patrick. Um, and he's got a beard, but he doesn't have the big bushy beard like like Jeff Bridges has um, uh, in that movie. Here's here's a. Do you guys remember his his character's name by any chance? Oh, it's okay I don't if you think don't. I ever. I just kept writing Jeff Bridges. It's even his name. I was asking because even his name sounds evil. His name is Obadiah Stane. Oh, yeah. I right. do. I think I did write something. And guys, I don't know. Name. I don't know if you've ever gotten an Obadiah Stane on your shirt, but but you got to <laughs> you got to wash that shit out with club soda like really quickly because Obadiah Stane. 
they they will set that quite is a quickly. That is a, a stain of biblical proportions. You damn right it is. But yeah, he uh, right off the bat. I mean. I think when I first saw this movie, I think I didn't necessarily... I thought that he was going to maybe be in cahoots with some larger bad guy. And there is kind of the misdirect, because the movie starts off with, with Tony you know, fighting the, these, these terrorist people. So you think they're going to be the bad guys, and you don't necessarily think that that he's going to be the big bad, the main Yeah, villain. I'm not sure that I thought yeah. he was going to be the main guy, sure, but sure. I got... I got some vibes that made me think that he wasn't necessarily on the up and up. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They, they don't make any secret of that because he's the one who's like, Tony, why would we stop making weapons, man? We're, that's our bread and butter. That's what we do. We kill people. Yeah. I think he just cared about, I, I think I thought he just cared about the money with the business and right. I didn't necessarily Which think. Which makes you evil in, in movie terms anyway, but, right. but he but was I didn't an extra think step that of he, evil. I didn't think he was going to be that bad. Like he I was wasn't, two scoops I don't think of I got, evil. yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and then we also in that, in the, in the gallery, we meet happy who is played by our director, John Favreau. Um, and again, he doesn't get a lot. He's, he's in, in, uh, subsequent movies as well, but he doesn't get a ton to do in this. He's no. again, is kind of like Rhodes. He's like the, he's like the guy who's just putting up with Tony cause Tony's such a wacky playboy and you gotta, he's sort of his personal assistant yeah. who, uh, who goes along. We'll talk more about him as he shows up. Um, but now we can move on to when, um, Tony gets the uh, the the tongue lashing from from the reporter, and actually she had a line that I liked a lot where uh, where he says she's basically giving him shit about like oh you you know you're a merchant of death and all this kind of stuff, and he uh, he says well my dad my dad used to say you know uh, the best way the best defense is having a bigger stick than the other guy, and she says pretty convenient from the guy selling the sticks, uh, which I liked. I, oh, yeah, I liked I that. that. I liked that line a lot of, to the point that I was like, I'm going to write that down. That's a, that's a good point where, uh, yeah, it's easy to prosthesize about, uh, you know, the, the virtues of what you do when you're the one, you know, when it behooves you to, to, uh, you know, uh, uh, say it. Yeah. We need that kind of a uh, fiery, uh, we need journalism more of them. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. Where, sure. where's the one cornering, uh, cornering Cheney and asking him about, about these things. Um, but I don't think that Cheney uh, probably was able to to get the the rep- would be able to get the reporter into bed literally seconds after they have this. I literally just wrote sex, sex, and then I wrote the house in Malibu, a fucking amazing. I was gonna ask, so so yeah, so he takes her to his fancy his palatial Malibu estate. Um, very cool. You guys have any thoughts uh, on on his super high tech house, his sort of Zuckerberg I loved house? It. I thought it was super cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I was like, yeah. I want to live there. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, just um, when the morning comes and yeah. and um, whatever Everything was going on kinda, with the window panels, yeah. like yeah, it's changing. very cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 definitely uh, jelly jelly totes gel. I'm of, totes uh, gels of that house. Yeah, I would podcast is for the teens out there. Yes, hello, fellow children. We're we're using your jargon. Um, yeah, so, uh, so lady, uh, lady, way, um, sexy reporter lady whose name I did not write down. So I just I don't wrote know. the girl from popular. Right. Sorry, and she's girl. another, she's actually married to, um, uh, Sam Rockwell, uh, in IRL. Uh, I so love her. She's I think great. Leslie Bibb is That's the actress's name. name. Yes. Um, I just wrote the girl from popular because I remember sure. her being Ms. Brown show. was how Tony Stark referred to her because oh, okay. she Thank went you. to Brown. Oh. That wasn't her actual oh. name. That's right. Name. 
Because he said Berkeley. He was like, oh, you went to Berkeley? And she's like, no, I went to Brown. Oh, wow. See, I'm glad you guys are are catching these. these, Get help on that. I can remember that part. (laughs) So um, she she wakes up. Tony isn't there because he's off doing his, his, his genius tech stuff. And that's when we get to meet up oh, the love interest, Miss, Miss Pepper Potts, the blue portrayed um, by Gwyneth Paltrow. So now, I wrote Gwyneth, since, we're, since we're meeting, she's like Gwyneth. <laughs> um, that's from Can't Hardly Wait. My um, favorite line was she was like, I do anything and everything that includes taking out the trash. Includes taking out, which was a great line of her. And Donald uh, and I looked at each other. I was like, oh. And I, I wrote, like, bitch moment. Like, <laughs> great no, that, And that really sets the tone for that character very quickly where she's like, look, sweetie, I've seen a million of, of you come and go through this house. I'm a, and it also sets up that she's not. She's not a love interest of Tony. She's just his, you know, sort of right hand, but you know she right is hand woman. It's Gwyneth Paltrow. How can, I know. How you, can you, she not you can be? kind of figure uh, uh, pretty quickly. But it also that. goes to show that, like, you know, this yeah. happens a lot. Girls mm-hmm. come and she's yeah. not phased by it. She's yeah. like, you're like all the rest. Get right. out of here. I'm taking out the right. trash. Absolutely. Yeah. You're Were you going to say trash. something, Adam? Yeah. One of the things that. I wrote down before the movie when I was writing down, like, yeah. what do I know about this yes. already? I wrote down a girlfriend named Piper something. <laughs> um, so I felt kind of embarrassed when it was revealed. Oh, right. it's Pepper. Pepper. Um, and I don't know if that's like a, a nickname. They never really, uh, but, but Pepper's adorable. I just kept waiting. I, I kind of want to, if I ever have a daughter, maybe I'll name her Pepper because it's pretty cute, I, I got to yeah. say, as a, as a name. I'll, I'll think about that one. PP, Pepper Potts, also, they, they love alliteration uh, with names in some of these movies because P.P. is also Peter Parker who is Spider-Man. Oh, true. Um, but, uh, yeah, and, um, yeah, so she comes in and, yeah, right off the bat, she and um, she goes downstairs where Robert Downey Jr. is working in his workshop and you'd think a billionaire, like, tech person would be working on, like, a supercomputer, but he's working on, like, a hot rod, like, in his, like, in his garage downstairs and she comes downstairs and she's very, you know, the, the, the My Girl Friday kind of, they're having this very... Uh, this very rapid back and forth, and and right off the bat, I think they really have a really great chemistry because it does feel very naturalistic. The the conversation that they're having, where she's kind of saying, "Okay, you got to do this and this," and he's like, "Yeah, what? I'm not listening." Yeah, yeah and I'm it's listening. her birthday, and he's like, oh, "I don't yeah. like that you have plans." And then he, he's like, "Get something nice from me," and she's like, "I already did." Yeah, right. right. Which like kind of set which up which is like the classic relationship, like put upon like, put upon assistant thing is like, of course <laughs> I got like I, I liked got, yeah. that line a lot a yeah. lot the. Get something for yourself from me. Right. <laughs> and she's like, I already did. Yeah. Right, right. So, Which yeah. And, something and, I would say. And it really, and, and again, they're, they're, and we'll, we'll talk about this as, as it occurs in other parts of the movie, but they're good about, in a very short amount of time, establishing relationships between characters yeah. that, that, mm-hmm. that happens again um, in the cave with, with um, his cave friend uh, that, that he builds the, uh, the suit with. We'll get to that in a, yeah, in a couple minutes. I, um, I want to say that. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I like Gwyneth Paltrow yeah. as an actor quite a bit. Sure, sure. Probably my favorite two things from her is um, uh, goop and being the answer <laughs> to what's in the box. <laughs> Those are my two favorite things about her, but especially yes. goop because it's just. Um, Can I you love... explain goop is? It's like a lifestyle website. Yeah, where it's, it's a lifestyle. Because me and Jesse did did sort of a precast um, where we were just talking about characters and i was saying how i think she gets a lot of shit for that um, yeah. because she seems kind of out of touch which is understandable considering that she's been 
famous for for most of her life and i think she has a famous mother as well so she's kind of she's always been rich and always so it's it's understandable but i don't dislike Gwyneth paltrow no. in general one of the pieces of criticism yeah. is on the out of touch angle that a lot of the products are quite expensive right, she makes right. a point of saying there are also quite a few inexpensive yeah, products sure. the part that i see as being yeah. a little more problematic is that there are certain health related types oh, really? of things that they market that don't have the most solid evidence sure and so like they crystals or <laughs> yeah that type that type of thing i think right. they had like some sort of like holistic like, kind of yeah and yeah. she goes into magazines talking about like right. i use this to like like refurbish my vagina or that type of stuff (laughs) and um but i love that so i mean here's the thing is that for as you know uh you know as as problematic certain aspects Mm -hmm. are like blake lively tried to do her own goop and it it didn't work out really i didn't know yeah i mean there you know it was almost like she was too out of touch, which is kind of right. like amazing because yeah. it's like there's a certain yeah. amount of out of touch that will sell. Sure. But or, um, I was thinking about your sister. Remember she got that Jessica Alba stuff? For <gasps> oh, the, that's for right. Your, yeah. My sister got niece? my sister has three kids and um and uh, bought some some like skin cream that was that was Jessica Alba's like, you know, it's called like honey or something. Well, it was like a whole, you know, a, uh, a, a natural, or you maybe know, honey um, is movie organic like skin cream. And then came to find out that my niece was allergic to the ingredients oh, no. in the cream. So and, now I'm like anti. And like broke out in hives. I'm like anti Jessica Alba products. I, right. I thought because of for, it. for yeah. the longest time, I thought that all celebrity brands were just, you know, vanity project type sure, of stuff. Sure. But I dated a girl recently who mm. told me that the J-Lo's line of jeans. Jeans yeah. by far fit her the best, and they're her favorite oh, type no of jeans. And so sure. it made me realize, oh, you know, maybe some of them actually do. Yeah, they do. I, um, yeah. You guys are probably going to make fun of me for this, but <laughs> Lauren Conrad from The Hills has a line at Kohl's, and like I don't normally shop at Kohl's. I mean, yeah. I like Kohl's, but sure. I will only go and buy Lauren Conrad stuff because yeah. I like it. Sure. It's cute. Sure. It's stuff that I like, yeah. and I like Lauren Conrad. Yes, I like The Hills. And I, th- yeah, and I, and honestly, I heard of celebrities getting in trouble for endorsing products that that you know turned out to be faulty or or were dangerous or whatever. And and like they can get in deep shit for like if they even if they are the spoke like if I'm if I'm Tom Cruise and I'm endorsing you know Mazda. And the newest Mazda model, you know, bursts into flame and kills a family of five. Then, like, I'm like, as the person who is the face of the company, am, am also kind of like, really not not as specific as that. But I, I again, I don't have the the the, the paperwork on that uh, right in front of me. But but yeah, I have heard that there were instances of stuff like that where a celebrity knowingly endorsed a product that they knew was oh, was faulty or yeah, something they like know, that. that makes yeah, sense. So, yeah, I was going to say, not as bad as just if you happen to be the one yeah. uh, in charge of it. Um, yeah, so, so and uh, what do you guys think about the, just the, the general rapport between them? I, I mean, I thought they had great chemistry, like I said. I thought that it really, really anchored that relationship very well. Did oh, you, yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah. I mean, it definitely, it showed their work relationship yes. as well as like sure. their personal relationship. Yeah, definitely. She's not just an assistant. Yeah. She's not just like, oh, yeah. I'll do your work for you, sir. But she's, but also, she's like a strong woman that yeah, was like, yeah. I already bought myself a present yeah, and your money. Like, yeah, she's not fawning over him. She's not like, no. oh, Mr. Stark, what can I do? For-? She's like, Tony, get your shit together. You got to do this. Like, she's she like, kind of like she's pushes keeping him, on. him. Yeah, like yeah. That's why she's not like all the other ladies. Absolutely. Because she's like, you need to do this, this, right. this, and this. And then like later she's on not, in the movie, she's worried about him. Like yeah. she's like, don't do yeah. this. Like right. she pushes him 
which yeah. I think in a relationship you need to like yeah, absolutely. push each other. Otherwise, sure. you're just like being like... Do you want me to shove you right now? No, with that don't one? shove me. <laughs> no, I think you need to like push each other to do things. Otherwise, yeah. like you're not helping each other grow or absolutely. change. It's just like, yeah. oh, of course, whatever you and, want. And yeah, and she definitely, as, as the movie progresses, I think is is sort of part, one of his his moral compasses is sort of, you know, what, what she says. Um, all right, let's move on so that we're so that we're not just dwelling on that. Yeah. Uh, so um, so then we kind of catch up to the to the cold open. Um, this is the part where they uh, oh, where I they... apologize. Yeah. I, I oh, have yeah, one yeah, yeah. more no, thought please, please, please. that um, I wrote down, which is when um, the reporter. Uh, I, yeah, I don't remember her Ms. name either. Miss Brown. We'll Brown. just call her Miss Brown. Miss uh, <laughs> Brown, when Pepper comes in mm-hmm. to escort her out. She says something like, ah, the the famous Pepper Potts. That's right. And that's right. That Good struck point. me a little bit yeah. funny because yeah. I was thinking, why would this, It's it makes sense that this tech billionaire would right. be famous, but, but why, why would his, would his assistant, assistant be right. famous? And I think that's, question. and I think that's literally because of the, uh, again, the dynamic that we see where you know, wh- whoever is reporting on these, you know, these executives or what in, in the gossip columns or whatever, it's probably a known fact that Tony's a playboy. He's a bit of a party animal. And, you know, Pepper is the one who's kind of his shepherd and kind of the one who, who reins him mm-hmm. in and, and gets him focused. And she's gorgeous. So I'm sure like another sure. woman is going to yeah. be like, oh, you're But that's a good point. Beautiful. Kind of like a, a, do you guys remember Hope Hicks? The, um, the oh tr- yes, yes, Trump absolutely, aid. yeah, yeah. The yeah. Trump aide, yeah, yeah, like yeah. she got a lot of attention. I think it was also because she was a, a young woman and she was very right. attractive. And just attract, yeah. I was gonna say, uh, unfortunately, that's enough to get attention um, in 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 most industries. Uh, so Stark Industries, uh, especially. But yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that she. So she's obviously, yeah, uh, she's not just. I think that's also to show that she she's not just some underling. Like she's. She clearly is in a position of power in the company uh, as well, right. so, that, so that it's not so that you don't think that she's just she's his not like secretary, a, like a weak assistant. You know, she's yeah. not like Gary on Veep. Right. Like, yes, he has yeah. has an important role, but he's right. kind of like a yeah, like status wise. I would say she's not below him. Yeah. Like if we were, if it was an improv scene, right? Is that know, a Tony Hale? Is that your yes? You're referring yeah, to? yeah. Buster. Oh, from, she's uh, no Buster Bluth. She is yeah. no Buster Bluth. Absolutely. Compare, not. Like another yeah. assistant's role. You know how sometimes they are that kind of weak, like right. little. Yeah. You know, yeah. Meh, where she's like a strong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like she's she she's gets, got her shit she's together. Got her shit and together, she's, and she pushes him where she's yeah. not like controlled by him yeah. but she does have to like take and, care and yeah of him. and that and that also helps when in the the later parts in the movie where she's kind of vulnerable that's where you're like oh shit must be real because this is someone who doesn't just who isn't the you know the fawning damsel in distress you know so so if she's worried then then it's a legitimate well, reason to be worried point, i think i wrote it down where she wrote like you're my family too or something about yes. like yeah, we'll you're not the only one that yeah yeah is family or something. Yeah, because that's when the when the romance kind of starts to kick in. But that's only after he has his change in the cave. Um so let's let's jump ahead so that we can so that we can get to uh to the to the change. So um so yeah they go off and uh that this is where he flies to Afghanistan on his uh on his nightclub jet where that has stripper the stripper pole, pole and yeah. the bar and I wrote and- all of his lady staff are pretty like all the girls yeah. were and they looking. and they're literally like they they're wearing a uniform and then when they cut to like the 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 disco uh part of the plane all like they all have their here. shirts like tied up and they're dancing around and i think that's just again a way for them to try to quickly show that you know oh he's he a playboy yeah. he's uh you know he's yeah. only gonna have these these fancy ladies like you said before 
the Marvel movies do a good job of mm-hmm. having like one foot in reality and yes. one foot in right. kind of this more fantastical where, where of, yeah. but like you give you let them do that where it's like of course it's ridiculous there's a stripper pole there yeah, but right. there it's, it's the imagery that get yeah. you get the picture what they're trying to absolutely. show us absolutely yeah yeah because I I I'm sure that there are planes that are set up like that that have like a bar but it's just the fact that that they're on the plane and it's literally str- like strobe lights flashing and loud music and I was just like what the fuck is going on <laughs> yeah. Right uh, so, so yeah, that was funny. Um, so then we cut to um, right before the attack where he's showing off the, the fancy Jericho missile. And um, he, the thing I wrote down that he said, he said, is it better to be feared or respected? Why oh, can't yeah. we have both? Right. And I just thought that yeah, was like, absolutely. I just thought that was like an interesting sure. thing that he said. Which is probably his mantra before he, before he realizes, you know, the, the error of his ways. Um, did you guys think the missile was cool? Like, doesn't it, it's like, it, it goes oh, up yeah. and explodes wrote, into like. I wrote, holy shit. <laughs> His, and then uh, it said yeah. they had drinks like while they were like right. They, getting liter- the they literally have a case. Like he, he says, oh, and one of these will be included with every missile, and it's it's like a, a cooler that that pops up with like mixed drinks. It made it. me wonder if that's really how like they debut <laughs> weapons. Right. Like they I go was, into the Middle East and yeah. shoot them off I was into about like to say, a mountain range. And then they're like, range. hey, let's yeah. have drinks. I was about to I was about to say myself that like as the CEO of of what is presumably a you know multi billion dollar company would that do you think that that uh that um i can't uh uh do you think that bill gates is like going and, and doing a demonstration of the newest version of windows or what i guess he might at, at some of these like tech conferences but it just felt odd to me that he would be in a, in a big conference room in a hotel in right, a nice right city in Flying america out to the yeah. desert to show that yeah it's it's pretty ridiculous and with the drinks very debauched sort right, of kind of right. american yeah. decadence yes 100 so. percent. yeah so so that and that also you know that lets you feel okay about what about he's him. doing well not about what he's doing but about what happens to him i think because you're like well yeah dude you're a douchebag like you're you're selling weapons and you're saying yeah, you're look drinking. how awesome yeah, and, yeah. yeah um so yeah so he gets um he gets captured by the t- uh, not taliban excuse me the, the the 10 rings is the name of the uh the the terrorist organization and how um, would the war on terror have been different had we been fighting an enemy <laughs> named the 10 rings <laughs> I don't know if it'd be it any different. It would have been uh, at least at least better marketing because Ten Rings is is a lot less scary than than Taliban, Taliban or um or uh, ISIS. I guess is the the other one. Um, uh, let me be clear. We will uh, <laughs> defeat oh my all God, Ten you, Rings. You guys, Obama just walked in the room. It's amazing. Uh, not just one ring or <laughs> two rings. We will defeat every single ring. Uh, all this is, uh, ten of them. If you like your rings, uh, you can keep them. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So um, immediately when he uh, he he's put into like a cell or whatever in the cave, and that's when we meet um, the guy whose name I could not remember, but I looked it up after the fact. I had to look like it up a, too. Yeah. I, kept writing, I, I kept writing Yenzo is what I wrote. Yeah. I kept writing Yenzo. Yeah. It's Yenzin. And uh, yeah, Yenzin, um, uh, again, uh, within, he probably has maybe 15, 20 minutes of screen time, but they, they really form a bond I very quickly. Him. He's one and, of my favorites. Yeah, in the he movie. was, he was really, the actor, uh, uh, unfortunately I don't 
know the actor's name, um, but uh, but did a great job making him very endearing. You do kind of wonder. I think the, when I first saw the movie, I was wondering if he was part of the. I wrote that too. I said, yeah. "Who is this guy? Right? What is if this he was like an evil doctor who was? Cause, yeah, because the I first thing that's what I suspected. The first too. thing that you see is he's like, oh, I put this. Ju-. And again, how the fuck did he put a a, a, a massive battery like yeah. in his chest in a cave? Well, like, the whole time <laughs> as as the movie, yeah, from the moment the movie started, the thing that I was on the edge of my seat for yeah. was when he becomes Iron Man. Sure. And uh, so as every, everyone every else, possible sure. yeah. yeah, hint that yes. that was what was happening. Sure. I was wondering as it was showing like mm-hmm. that like that kind of little montage yeah. of him getting worked on and then him having the yeah. thing. I was like is he being turned into Iron Man right now? Is this this like kind of a bionic man sort of thing? Yeah, because you guys might not have, I'm sure that you guys were aware of the fact that Iron Man was a dude who had, who had had a suit of armor and could fly around and stuff. You might not have known the fact that the whole point of it was that he, he needed this thing in his chest to keep him from dying. Alive. Yeah. Um, And uh, yeah. And I thought it was funny when, when they first have the battery before they make the arc reactor, we'll get to the arc reactor, mm-hmm. more techno babble as I, as I uh, like to describe it, which is there's plenty of in all the Marvel movies. Um, but that he literally has to carry the fucking car battery around. Like there's, there's one bar he's walking yeah. through and I'm like, our car batteries, like, I know he's probably, uh, an in shape dude, but our car batteries, like, like 50 pounds, like he's just carrying it like under his arm. Like it's a picnic basket as yeah. he's going through the camp and stuff. I thought it was pretty funny. Well, he said in, um, in an interview that, uh, you know, he decided when he got the role, he was yeah. like, I got to, you know, I already do like he listed off, you know, all these different like yeah. types of exercise and training sure. and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. the, the amount of which only a rich person yes. right. can sure. do sure, when sure, they have sure. like a personal trainer. Right. But he was like, I needed to like step it up. And yeah. yeah. He was like, I need to step it up even more for this. He was like, said he was in his late thirties um, right. by it. He actually yeah. said in this interview, he was like, and you know what, if this ends up going, you know, more than like five. Five, seven years, right. then like I guess they'll just have to do some CGI stuff right. for and that actually makes me wonder for these more recent yeah. movies. Sure. Like sure. is it's cause he still looks good. Yeah. He, he doesn't look, he, he looks a little older now, but I mean, 10 years worth of, of age. Um, I wouldn't say again, I have seen the, the most recent one Endgame, and he, he looks a little older, but not, it, not markedly so not yeah. not you know not like a shocking way where if you were to look at a picture side by side from the first movie and, and the most recent one and you'd be like holy shit what happened to him it's like <laughs> it's like he looks like it's been 10 years like it's, it, he looks kind of uh, uh pretty natural um uh for for the amount of time so we get the uh so we get the information that he's got this shrapnel in his chest uh the shrapnel is going to his heart it's going to kill him and that's why um dr uh Yinsen had to put this uh, giant magnet in his chest, which don't really know how that works. It's literally <laughs> right like on his sternum. So did they have to like carve like uh, like a hole? It like, looked like there was like a gaping hole yeah, in his chest. Did. Especially later when they're changing out the batteries. Mm-hmm, it makes yeah. me wonder um, about like yeah. how'd they do that around like the rib cage? Oh, that's exactly like, yeah, yeah. What I'm I'm thinking, yeah, like so so Yinsen, holy shit, like that that dude is a is a master um uh, doctor because not only was he able to do that, he was able to do it in a cave, probably using, you know, rusty. The amount uh, of stuff oh, they yeah. got done yeah. in a cave. For right. sure, was pretty uh, pretty fascinating. So then we move on, and um, I and also wrote down oh, something yeah. that I found interesting yeah, yeah, that yeah. he said. He said, "You are a man who has everything and nothing." Because he True. asked him, "Do you have a family?" And he's right. like, "No, I don't." And he's yeah, like, "You're yeah, yeah. a man who has everything and nothing," which yeah. is like 
kind of what always the hero journey is. Absolutely. Them don't have parents, you yeah. know? A pretty yeah. sick burn. Pretty like, yeah. like a harsh <laughs> thing to say. I just thought it was say. like an interesting right, right. thing to say. Like you well, have because... all this material stuff, but you don't have a family. Because yeah. obviously later yeah. when uh, when he dies, when Jensen dies, he yeah. says... My family is dead. I'm going to see them. Right, because I want earlier this. he says, "Oh, I when I get this. out of here, I'll see my family." So I think he kind of knew that he was that he was doomed, and they both kind of accepted that fact. Because um, uh, when they when the terrorists are saying to Tony, oh, "Okay, where we've got you captured. Now you're going to build this missile yeah. for us," and they're like, "Once you build it, we'll let you go." And uh, and he's like, "They're not going to let me go." And Jensen's like, "Yeah, they're not going to let you go. Like, there's no there's no possible way that that's going to happen." Um, what they wanted with the mi- why the Taliban or why some terrorist organization would want one of these missiles, uh, that was a little confusing to me. Like, what? So they the- can kill more people. Sure. And we do find out later that the whole abduction was orchestrated by Jeff Bridges' character. Totally. Um, so, so that, you know, that, that kind of can, can gloss over the fact that they wanted this missile when in reality they just wanted to have, to have Tony Stark, you know, killed or whatever. Uh, but that, uh, yeah, that was, um, that was, uh, that was something that I just, you know, little nitpicky kind of thing. So they decide, you know what, they're going to kill us. We got to get out of here. I got to, uh, I can't be carrying around this car battery, so I'm going to build the arc okay. reactor. Do you guys have any clue what the fuck the arc reactor is or what it does or how it works? Was there no. any indication to you guys? I wrote down arc reactor <laughs> question mark. So did I. It's I was just one like, of those this is things. sweet. That's all I wrote Right, down. right. Where they, and they don't have to. It's a comic book. It's a fantasy. But but it is kind of, it's such a big thing where it's like, wait, what is, and he's able to, and, and Jeff Bridges in my fa- one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when Jeff Bridges um, is trying to recreate the he's trying to have his team of scientists recreate the arc reactor and he he flips out and says Tony Stark was able to build this in a cave with uh. a bunch of scraps um uh, that I anytime Jeff Bridges freaks out in a movie um I love great. it and that's, that's one of good. my favorite uh, things and and again it just goes to show his genius and whatever he's so he's and he the scientist his- responds I'm not Tony Stark. Right. Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Because yeah, yeah. there's only one Tony Stark. Guys. And when they are in that cave building yeah. that something that I wrote down yeah. was CEO who knows the work. I'm impressed. <laughs> right. Like I know that they had introduced him in the gala right. as right. being like yeah. this, you know, prodigy. Right. But at the right. same time, you know, and I do think that in a lot of ways, like Tony Stark defies your expectations yeah, because sure. you would expect a the son of some a, uh, of a billionaire CEO who makes guy, a company. Yeah. Usually, you think of like fail son type of sure, thing, you right. know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Like Don Junior, right? Exactly, right, someone right. who has no real talents who yeah. just assumes right. the mantle out of nepotism. But he's amazingly smart and talented. He's very yeah, absolutely. Smart. That was really cool. It made me yeah, start to like him. And that's the first time, other than just hearing about it from other people, that, that you're seeing oh, it you're, made a difference. The, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and that's um like when he's when he it, I, I kind of wrote down the the images that I remember being very iconic from this movie. And one of them is when he's literally fucking ha- he's he's got a he's got a, a tank top on and he's hammering away like on an anvil yeah. and that's kind of showing that like yeah he's not just He's not just you know some dude who is 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 desperately trying to to plead with these terrorists or saying oh I'll give you money all this he never once you know is trying to bargain with these guys he's like fuck you guys I'm gonna build this fucking crazy you know suit of armor thing and and I'm going to I'm gonna get out of here myself I don't need anybody to uh, tell me. although he does need Yinsen and Yinsen does help him 
um, takes a while for the terrorists to catch on that they're building a giant I fucking know. suit of yeah, armor. They, the, I wrote a cave. few notes about that, like the yeah, fact that they yeah. had him on camera yes, the whole yeah, time. Why, yeah, it's, um, it's and especially ridiculous. that they see a clip of right. him with the mechanical yes, legs yeah. yes. testing it out and they're still like what get, is he up yeah, to let's yeah, give they, him another there's chance there's literally like a shot of like two like underling terrorists looking and they're like hmm that looks interesting what's that all about like, what part of the Jericho is that <laughs> right right oh that that must be the uh, the foot controls for when you're for when you're trying to guide it with your feet um, like a like a like a Segway or something um, Jeff Jeff Bridges rides up on a Segway at one point in the movie too. I remember that's, that. I <laughs> think I commented on I that. I forgot about He's that. He's just, it's when Tony Stark comes back and I was just like the, the least villainous thing ever is riding up on a Segway. Segway. Do you know my favorite fact about the Segway is? Please. There was, I don't think it was the guy who created the Segway. I think uh-huh. it was one of their CEOs. Yeah. He uh, died tragically I think by Segwaying off, off a cliff. Off a cliff. No. I do remember hearing yeah. about that. That's oh God, so yeah. It's sad, but it is also like, dude, you gotta, gotta know the limits of your product. And just... I mean, it is it is sad. It is yeah. kind of tragic. At the same yeah. time, it's I ironic. think that's one of the funniest ways to die. Is to <laughs> it's I mean, segueing is an inherently funny <laughs> mode of travel. Absolutely, and um, it's just a funny word. It is. Segway. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. Moving on. So then, um, and then at some point we, uh, in the in the um, yeah, I, actually, okay, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll get to uh, to the unveiling of the Mark One uh, suit of armor. We'll be right back. <laughs> 